What happened? What happened? I get it, Gophers fans. You're ticked. I'm ticked. But there's a new focus with the Gophers team that we have to take. And this is the show where we always continue to row. And I tell you why today on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are no Locked On happens, Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to follow wherever you get your podcasts at Lockdown Golden Gophers and hit subscribe on YouTube and let me know in the comments what you're thinking. I want to know, but... Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, it is a safe spot for you to drop those thoughts. But think about it. Think about it as I continue to talk about what happened because, you know what? It was a big loss. The Gophers lose to Illinois 26-14, to essentially, basically knocking us out of contention to win the West. Now, is it impossible? No. But our chances are definitely on life support. It's... It's minimal, it's not very likely, and I get it. I get it, you're mad, you're ticked, you're frustrated, whatever it is. But, you know, overall, there's been some some overreactions by the Gophers fans too. And Minnesota fans, I get it. You've been through hurt, you've been through, and it's not just the Gophers. It's the Twins, it's the Wild, it's the Vikings, it's the Timberwolves, it's the insert Minnesota team here. I get it. You're upset, you're mad, but there are some people out there that are going a little too far. I've heard things from, it's the biggest failure by our staff, they haven't recruited well, and they haven't developed well. Come on now. Come on now. It might be a failure by our staff that we couldn't get prepared and lost this game. That that statement part could be true. Biggest failure? Not sure about that one. Haven't recruited well and haven't developed well? You're being blocked by the recency bias there because the recruiting was much worse before and developed well. We had like three players in the NFL prior to the staff being here. Three, like, current NFL players. There are currently over 14 players within the last three, four years that have come from the Gophers football program. So halt on that one. Take a breather. Touch some grass outside. Come back and be frustrated. But let's not go over the top. Other comments I've heard is we won't win another game. Seriously. Come on, I get being upset, but don't take it to the extreme. Minnesota fans, it seems like we go from this team is going to win the championship, this team's going to the Rose Bowl, this team is, and you get set up, and then you get heartbreak, and you go, this team is the absolute worst. It doesn't have to be on each, an extreme on each level. It can be, man, 
this is not what we expected. And they could be an eight-win team. That stinks because we have the talent to win, but it doesn't have to be the extreme. So that's all I'm trying to get at here. We won't win another game is extreme. We play Rutgers. We play Nebraska. We play Wisconsin, who hasn't been good. We play Northwestern. That's four possible wins right there. We play a pitiful Iowa offense, which the Gophers' offense has looked pretty pitiful the last two weeks, too. So that game could be 3-3, to 3-0, 6-3. Who knows? But it's still a potential win. That's five games right there that are potential wins, depending on what Gophers' team shows up, even if. A very porous offense team shows up. There's still a chance in some of those games. So I get it. Be ticked, but we gotta we gotta find the middle or the common ground on balancing anger with realism. Had to think about that one. You see, you see, I'm ticked too, and I. Changed up the feng shui. We switched up the office because that's what was needed. Something different was needed. And hopefully the Gophers will do that as well. Something will change because something needs to. And we'll talk about thoughts on what that could be. But also consider what you're saying when you're posting, especially on Twitter, but on social media in general, but especially on Twitter. Because if I'm a recruit, seeing how quickly the fans turn on this team, seeing how quickly they tear down players, they talk about, oh, it's okay if Tanner's hurt for the season. They talk about, oh, this team is terrible, we'll never win again after two losses against two teams that deservedly could be in the top 25 after one that is for sure. And Purdue is the 26th right now. Two teams that are winning big games in big ways, and we hang in with those teams, even if it looks ugly, we hang in with those teams, and everybody turns. If I'm a recruit and I'm seeing that, and I'm seeing absolutely teardown from the fans, absolute teardown, but then when you come to me on my Twitter, you're like, oh, come here. It's the greatest. The Gophers fans will support you. We love you. We want this to be awesome. Build something special. Stay home. Why should I stay home? If all you do is in two seconds you'll snap and you'll say, this team's terrible and I blame every player and I wish this player was hurt. Think about it. Like I said, go outside. Take a walk. Get off Twitter for a second. Breathe. Give it 24 hours. Then post about how you're frustrated, how you're upset, how are we going to change. That will change the narrative for you, folks. But it's okay to be upset. And that's what we're talking about on today's episode. We're talking about a recap. We're talking about what went wrong, a lot of what went wrong, and what went right for this Gophers team. Now, the one thing I want to dive into before we get into an actual reflection of the game is a lot of people saying they want Ethan Kelly McManus to start right now. I get it. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited about the arm talent, too. But he came in. He threw two interceptions. And yes, I get he didn't have a practice all week with the team or two weeks with the bye week. But also, you got to think about you don't want to throw a guy in there, and, and if, especially if he's not ready. The coaches will know if he's ready more than we do as fans, more than we do as analysts, more than we do outside of the program. And if he's not ready, 
you don't want to throw him in there and have him his confidence get obliterated. Have his confidence be torn down to the point where he can't excel and thrive how he could. Think about Justin Fields in the NFL right now. You see flashes of brilliance. You see flashes of, wow, he's got it. And then you see flashes of, how is this kid a quarterback in the NFL when he can't hit that pass? When he's out there scrambling for his life over and over and over, and it looks like he's hanging his head every time they hold the cameras to him. Like, we've seen that time and time again in the NFL especially. So if he's not ready, we don't want to rush that. We don't want to put him in a position where he he just won't play to the best of his ability because his confidence is torn down. Now, I'm not saying that's guaranteed, but it's something to consider. And the coaches will know more than we as fans, analysts, you name it, fill in the blank, will. So just take a breather on that one. Hopefully Tanner is healthy and okay. It was a scary injury with him as far as not fully knowing what it is and being carted off. You don't you don't like to see that from any player on the Gophers program or any other team. So our well wishes are with him. Now next we're going to recap the game and some things that need to change coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the past decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24/7 professional monitoring, SimpliSafe's agent calls you the moment a threat is detected and they dispatch police or first responders in the case of an emergency, even if you're not home. But if that was me, I'd be like, oh, I don't want them to accidentally send police to my house. I get it. And they don't. See, they use special motion sensors and they have all sorts of monitors to make sure that the threat is actually real. Even hazard sensors that can instantly detect fires and floods and other threats in your home. But that is it real part is what really stood strong with me. Because I don't want to have false alarms. I don't want the dog to do, like you, you get what I'm saying. But their technology is very advanced to the point where they can catch it if it is an actual threat. So be sure to customize the perfect system for your house in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you get your first month free. So you get 20% off and you get your first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Gophers fans, you're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, and I truly appreciate you making this your first listen when it comes to daily Gophers sports. Now, there's a whole lot to recap and talk about on this game, and it's painful. It stinks. It's putrid. It's bad, folks. It's downright bad. So let's recap this thing. 
Tanner Morgan, 4 for 12 for 21 yards and an interception. 33% completion rate. I don't need to stress on that. We all know it was porous. It was bad. It was terrible. And he didn't have time, frankly. I'm not trying to give him excuses. He didn't have time, but he also made some very poor decisions. Ethan came in, 2 for 6, 17 yards, 2 interceptions. Again, constantly on the run, has heavy pressure. The O-line. What is happening with the O-line? Run blocking, they look good. They look great. Had Mo in there again. 15 attempts, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Mo looked like Mo. Brevin Span Ford, receiving. Four receptions, 32 yards. He's the only player that caught more than one pass. Otherwise, you had Mo with one reception, two yards, and Daniel Jackson with one reception, four yards. The receivers could not separate, could not get open. Michael Brown Stevens, I... I don't know what to say. Like, not only can he attack the ball to prevent an interception, actually to prevent two interceptions, but it just seems like he's just flailing out there. I don't know what's happening. His confidence, you talk about Tanner's confidence being shot, Ethan's confidence potentially getting shot. Michael Brown Stevens' confidence is where? It's rough. And honestly, until he can build that confidence back up, I don't know how you can put him on the field consistently to the point where he's dropping big things or not attacking the ball at the point of attack to which the, the defender is in intercepting the ball. You can't have that liability on the field until the confidence is back. And right now, it certainly is not. So what do you do? Why aren't we targeting Dalen Wright ever? Ever. It's been three games without a target. Three whole games. And you're talking about this guy has the talent to be an NFL player. Has the speed. Has the build. Has the size. He looks like a monster on the football field. But you don't target him. How? This is what the actual top teams and high caliber opponents do. Look at Utah. Utah has Brent Keith and Dalton Kincaid who are physical specimens at the tight end position that look like they can just bowl through anybody, that can put anybody in the dirt. You talk about someone who looks like a George Kittle, someone who looks like a Gronk. That is what these guys look like. They're physical freaks like Brevin Span Ford, and they target them like crazy. Even if they come away with only five, six receptions in a game, they give them the targets and the opportunities to show how special they are physically, and help that team. And being a run-first team sometimes, like Utah can be, with their good backs of Bernard and Tavian Thomas, they also use them in the run game, but that makes them more of a threat once it comes to the passing because of the play action, because of the RPO, where a tight end looks like they're blocking, then they can break off and have a smaller defender a defender that they still have speed against because of their physical specimens and they give them targets to get them touchdowns, especially in the red zone. Brant Keith got hurt and they targeted Dalton Kincaid more to the point where they saw no one could stop him on the USC defense. No one could stop him. No one could handle him, match up with him, keep up with him. You name it, they'll throw hooks, they'll throw curls, they'll throw digs, they'll throw small things to get the ball in his hands and let him work. And you know what happened? He had 16 receptions for over 200 yards and a touchdown and Utah knocked off USC. 
Why are we not using our guy like that? Why are we not using Brevin Span Ford like that? Why are we not targeting uh, Dalen Wright? Dalen Wright can go up there and win a jump ball. He knows how to attack the ball, yet we consistently and continually throw it up to Michael Brown Stevens, who clearly has his confidence shattered. But we won't throw it up to, to Dalen Wright, who has that ability, who has that physicality, and who has the upside but we talk about wanting consistency. Why don't you want that consistency from Michael Brown Stevens? See, this is the anger and the frustration we can get out there because it doesn't make sense. What is happening? Changes need to happen. Something needs to change. Then you talk about defensively. The Gophers got absolutely obliterated in this one, giving up 472 total yards while the offense only had 180 yards. Defensively, Third downs, we still did really well. Six completions on third down as opposed to 17 attempts. So we still looked rock solid on third down, but fourth down was a killer. There were four fourth down attempts that they completed on each and every one of them and scored on that drive on each one of those fourth downs that they went for. Those fourth downs would be huge stops. Stopping scoring efforts where we lost by 12 points, where we are typically in the game by one score the entire game until the fourth quarter where we went down by two scores with like six minutes left. You have to force a four and out or force a turnover on downs and get your defense off the field. They're gassed. You want to talk about gas? We lost the time of possession battle brutally. Now, the stress for this Gophers team has been winning the time of possession battle, which has helped this team win so, so heavily. And we saw why on the flip side of that in this Illinois game where they had 40 minutes of time position and we had 20. 20. They doubled down. Even in any game that Minnesota has had time of possession in their favor, they've won. The Purdue game, it was a four-minute difference. And it was down to the wire with sloppy offense, and you felt that. In this game, Minnesota hardly ever had the ball, and it hardly ever felt like we were actually in this game and had a chance, even though we did. There was a point where we even took the lead with not having the ball hardly ever in this game. There are possibilities and chances, but what is going to change? Why don't we run the ball more? You talk about RB touches. In week one, we had 50 RB touches. In week two, we had 48 RB touches. Week three, we had 45 RB touches. Week four, we had 41 RB touches. The two weeks we lost, week five, 20 RB touches. No mo, we get it. Still, not a fashion on the ground. O-line was getting decimated. 20 touches. Maybe you're like, okay, it's a fluke. No, you come into week six and you have 15 RB touches. 15? When mo? is back, looks good, looks like Mo. 8.5 yards of carry, Mo, and you give him 15 touches? What are we doing, why? Why did we change it up so much when it's working? We knew that the touches could be lower in Big Ten play depending on the game script, but there is no way it should be that low, especially when Mo is on the field and showing that efficiently. So we got obliterated in time of possession. We stopped running the ball for some reason, and we refused to get our athletes' looks. 
to to generate looks for our athletes like Span Ford or like Dalen Wright. Daniel Jackson showed flashes, but still, we only got what two targets to him in this game. I get that Tanner's under pressure. I get that the O line is giving up weird openings on the pass blocking, but then incorporate quick plays to get the ball out of his hands quickly to help get the ball to our athletes. Get the ball in short in short yardage to Dalen and let him run. Get the ball in short yardage to Brevin and let him body through folks. Keep running the ball. But even those weren't the worst of what went wrong in this game, and we're going to talk about what was coming up next. We got to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. They'll give you your latest trends and actions when it comes to all sports wagering information. The NBA season is officially coming back this week, and now is the time to get in on those odds before it officially kicks off. So if you want to get your futures in, now is the time. If you want to look at the Gophers' latest line, which isn't in our favor for the first time against PSU, and it is down to a touchdown. So they already are anticipating the Gophers lose by a touchdown. That could grow or it could get worse. So be sure to look at Bet Online for the latest trends in action. They have live betting, they have internet casino, they have more odds, more uh, uh, props, and more money lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we're closing the show with where we went right and where we went wrong. We're starting with the wrong, finishing with some positive, and moving forward. Now, where we went wrong, creating pressure. It was non-existent. That is the number one reason of where we went wrong in this game was we couldn't create pressure and they could. That was the key difference in this game from start to finish. Tanner was consistently throwing off his back foot or having a pocket collapse or having a free hitter within seconds. Meanwhile, Tommy DeVito had all day in the world to scan. He could have had a couple drinks back there before he had to throw the ball to find the open man, to pick apart the defense, Plus, he could usually step up in the pocket once one person did get some pressure on him, avoid that, and still have an opportunity to get the ball down the field. That's not going to do anything for your DBs, who are typically really good, but when they're out there on the field constantly and have 10 seconds to get rid of the ball, you can't cover someone for that long for that consistent all game. Pressure is a major issue, and it has been an issue, but it's been getting stressed and stressed more in these losses because we can't get it. How bad was it? The Gophers had six pressures in this entire game. One hit and five hurries on the quarterback. In 36 pass looks that Illinois had. 36 pass looks. That means that we had a 16% rate of pressure. That's poor. You want to be 30 plus easy. Meanwhile, the Illini had nine pressures, two sacks, three hits, four hurries, and honestly, that feels a little low on the hurries number. If we're being honest, it feels like maybe they missed some hurries and that might need to be re-looked at on the film to make sure it's accurate. So nine hurries on 26 pass looks, that means they had a 34% pressure rate and honestly, it might've been higher. It might have been higher. That's the difference. There was no time to get rid of the ball because we were collapsing. Even when there was time, we were making poor decisions. We were throwing it to receivers that don't attack the ball. And it was just pitiful. Pitiful. There's no way around that. The next step of where we went wrong is the passing game set football back 
generations. Our passing game and our effort in that game set football back generations. That was some 50s, maybe 40s style of football that we were playing out there where you shouldn't even be passing the ball, barely have any passing attempts, 18 total attempts on the day, and you're down the entire game, but you also only had 15 rushing attempts? We got to find ways to keep the ball in our hands and work our way slowly down the field if we can't take deep shots, which we haven't been able to do. 18 attempts for 38 yards and three interceptions. Six total completions. Our interceptions nearly equaled our receptions or completions. That's pitiful. In what world is that acceptable? Change needs to happen. Manufacturing plays for your athletes. It's ridiculous. And the third point of where we went wrong is we didn't cover any of the the areas we discussed that would be needed keys to win this game. We did not tackle consistently. Now it was a lot better than the previous week and there were still moments where we couldn't. The tackling was better, but it wasn't to the extent that we needed. The second point of the O-line absolutely getting obliterated and needing to prove that was a fluke, well they did in the ground game. The run blocking looked a lot better, I'm not gonna lie to you. But when it came to the pass blocking, what pass blocking? Where? What is going on? We have the athletes, we have the bodies, we have the build, but it's like a sieve. That has to be addressed and fixed and somehow, and our O-line coach is the guy to do it, but quickly. Because Penn State's going to see that film and try to put on a clinic too. The final thing of where we went wrong is Well, like I said, we didn't cover any of those points, but the final point that we didn't cover is we didn't force any turnovers. We gave up three and didn't force any. You're not going to win a game doing that. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Now, two of those interceptions were late, so the majority of the game with our starting quarterback, we had one interception, one turnover. Slight difference, but you still have to force something. You have to get some energy to the team and spark. But we couldn't even capitalize on sparks. So on the flip side, where we went right, we got to close with some positivity. Mo looked like Mo. He looked like himself. He was literally the only plus side of this offense all day at all. Got another game of of 100 yards or more, bringing that total to 14 straight. He's going for Zeke's, uh, the last person to have a huge streak like that of 15 games. He can tie that versus Penn State. And honestly, the way they play defense against Michigan, he probably will. That was the only bright side of the offense. Point number two, that was where we weren't right. Tyler Newbin, he was all over the field. He was in the positions. It felt like on every play, he was in the position to make a stop, to help stop the bleeding. Tyler Newbin was the band-aid on this defense. He led the team in tackles with 13 tackles, nine solo, four assists, two tackle for loss. He was all over the field. You heard his name all day. And he's proving, like I said, that he's going to continue to ball out and he will likely play on Sundays. You got to capitalize on having players like that on your roster and we have to find ways to get the win. The final spot of where we went right was Quentin Redding in the special teams game, bringing life, bringing spark, bringing energy, bringing exactly what the Gophers needed heading into the second half, giving us the lead, the opportunity to get the lead with an amazing kick return, which we never kick return the ball. We never do it. We always take the touch back and get those extra yards, and he proved why you can take that 
chance once in a while because you have an athlete to do it springs us all the way into basically the like 15 yard line and allows us to get our sec or second touchdown of the day but really take the lead for the first time and look like we can actually do something but even that was short-lived and not enough because the energy was gone after a moment as well. Now, what does this all mean for the Gophers? The season outlook has changed. Yes, we could still win the West if everything went perfect and according to our way, but it's probably not going to happen. But now, you aim to play spoiler. You aim to go out there and mess up Penn State's season this week. Is it a likely possibility? Not if the Gophers are playing like they have been, but that's what you do now. You aim to be the bad guy and play spoiler. You aim to win rivalry games. Beat Wisconsin. Beat Iowa. Beat Nebraska. You aim to win and get to a bowl game and win the bowl game. Those are the new aims, and it's not as satisfying as winning the West, which we haven't been able to do and is a problem. But that's what you turn to. You don't throw in the towel and, oh, we're not going to win a game for the rest of the year. Cut that out. Because it's not true. The Gophers will win another game. They will probably win a couple more games, a few more games. But you aim to go out there and be spoiler. You aim to go out there and take people off. Take wins that you're not supposed to win. Now, the goals of the potential season was to win the West. And that's basically failed unless you win out and get some luck. It's very unlikely. If we look anything like the past two weeks, that will not happen. Now, I'm not going to be dramatic and say, like a lot of Gophers fans, I don't see us winning a game or six games. No, no. I think this team is still an eight-win team, and we will hang around with, we will hang around with other teams. But we lost to two teams that deservedly are in the top 25 and playing how they need to play it when it comes down to it, and the Gophers didn't. So that's where we're at. We're going to talk about Penn State Week coming up this week. We're also going to talk with a former Gophers basketball player later this week as well. So be sure to subscribe. Be sure to tune in. Scotty Ma, row the boat. Keep rowing. This is a show where we always continue to row. Kane Rob signing off. I'll see you tomorrow.